What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Michael Buble. My God, has there been a sexier, more just beautiful audio velvet voice before? Oh my God, I can't wait to tell you the story of seeing that man just three feet from me. But first, let me thank you for watching the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are on episode 11. We have, we're on the other side of double digits, which is why I've just abandoned the collared shirt. I'm now going into full hoodie. It's either that or start repeating the shirt. How many shirts do you think I have? I don't have that many, so I'm going to just go a little more cash for this one. Also, in another change you'll notice, is on my face. This is the first snarky without uh, a little hair on my lip. And uh, I got a haircut as well. I'm really just doing a full makeover is what this is. And I know it's jarring for my producer, Nicole, who not only has only produced this show with I Have a Mustache, she's only produced, here's a scenario when I had a mustache, she's only known me as a person who's had a mustache, which I think there's like 50 of those people on the planet. And so the re it's very strange for the people to be like, wait, wait, where's your facial hair? No one's ever said that to me in my life. Everyone's always been like, wait, wait, wait. Why is that on your lip? And so it's very, it's very, it's been a very interesting thing. Nicole, uh, how are you and how has your adjustment been to uh, my clean shaven baby face? I'm good. It actually, the adjustment went faster than I thought, but it's weird. I feel like I'm learning a whole new person, like your facial expressions that you probably make all the time just yeah. seem so new now, but yeah. you know, I think it's going well so far. Yeah. I, you walked in to record Here's a Scenario say, and you were like, side eye looking like squinty eyed looking at me as you walked in and being like all right i see i see what's going on here um so that was fun today we're running it back uh we're drinking another moscow mule you know if it's not broke don't fix it you know and so we got ourselves what's the ingredients you know it you love it we got vodka we got a little lime juice we got ginger beer and of course the fresh mint harvested from my terrace garden and so we're kicking it off. I mean, we have so much to get into. I can't wait to, because right after, if you remember last week, we talked about how we were going to see Buble, and boy, oh boy, is there a lot to talk about in that. But before that, I got to get into something that happened to me yesterday. After leaving recording Here's a Scenario, I was in a rush. I was heading downtown to do uh, Chip Chipperson's podcast, and I was texting with Ian Fidance, great comic, and whatever, we were talking about something, and it was so cold, and I think it started raining, so I didn't want to be on my phone texting, so I pressed the voice memo thing, and what he asked me in my text, I was responding to with, never, okay? And I think it was a joke. I think he was like, can I call you back later? And I was like, never, you know, whatever the hell. But I pressed the voice memo button, and as I'm about to record into my phone, there was a homeless man next to me, begging for change on the street. And he goes, can you please help? Right at the, I mean, sitcom perfect level at the moment that I go, never, and keep walking. And he responds to me and goes, what? And then I have to stop the voice memo and I go, no, 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 I was, I was recording a voice memo. And then I felt the need to be like, do I have to explain what a voice memo, does he know what a voice memo is? Like, I don't know how technologically advanced the homeless are, specifically this one. So I was trying to be like, no, 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 I was recording a voice memo. I mean, still no, but like I was recording a voice memo, but it's not, it's not never, you know, it's more like rarely. It's like, will I give you change? So like, that's more of the thing. So, not, and I just, I could just kind of talked as I was walking backwards and he just, you know, gave up and started, you know, asking other people for money. But, Boy, oh boy, what a piece of shit I looked like to everybody who walked by me and just was like, never to all. I mean, that is a, that takes a certain type of person to be like, sir, please, it's Christmas. I'm standing in the cold rain and I go, never, and then keep walking. So I'm sure someone caught just that moment isolated on a video and uh, they'll put it up, but like, look at some douchebag on the, on the street and then, you know, maybe I'll have my next little viral video. So who knows? But you know, it, that's happened to me a couple times where it's just unfortunate, you know, misunderstandings. I have a lot of misunderstandings with the homeless. I'm, I'm starting to realize, um, and it's not, you know, I don't think it's my fault, but I, you know, there was one time we were at a, uh, I was at a, like, it wasn't like a soup kitchen, but it was like a feed the homeless situation. Cause you know, I was volunteering, I'm better than you. 
and I, I we were giving out pizza and coffee, which I mean, I, th- if you told me, Mike, we're going somewhere, you're going to get free pizza and coffee. I'd be like that. I'm in like that's would, would you make this menu for me? So for the homeless, that's got to be like Thanksgiving Day. Like who? Who? You know, like who? Who wouldn't be excited about that? And I, I'm standing behind the thing. I'm giving out pizza to people. And this guy, he must have been homeless for like four and a half minutes because he came up and he goes, he's starting to check the pizza boxes and he goes, no pepperoni. He said he was no pepperoni. He was mad. And I was like, I was so taken aback that it wouldn't just be gratefulness, you know, that I had to go, oh, no, no, sorry, we're just just playing. I know what a nightmare, you know. And then he go, he literally let out a big sigh and goes, well, then do you at least have milk for my coffee? And it's like, hey, man, I don't know. You know, like, here's the thing. I'm not uh, a homeless man, and I hope to never be, and I have a lot of sympathy for them. But the idea of beggars can't be choosers, I think, came from the home. Like, isn't that, isn't that their... Maybe it was invented because of that guy, I guess. Was he the guy who was like... The pretentious homeless man that it was like, I can't I can't deal with this and then got mad at me. But I was so flabbergasted by it. Nicole, am I am I crazy to feel like this guy was being a little unappreciative of the free spread? Yeah, this is like the God bless part two. Like, it's the same exact situation. Yes. Yes. I don't understand why people, um, you know, I, again, if I walked into, it's nothing to do with the homeless. If I walked into a venue and they go, hey, we got free pizza and free coffee, I'd go, great. And then I would, of course, check for pepperoni. Pepperoni is the only style of pizza that I want. But if it's not there, I'm not going to go, where's the pepperoni? I'd go, oh, I wish there's pepperoni, but also it's free. So what am I, some sort of an asshole? Of course I won't complain about it. And then I'll get coffee. Is there milk? No, but what can I expect? It's free, so that's what I would probably do. But, you know, who am I but a man living within walls? Uh, So, you know, (laughs) whoops, I don't know, man. I think I think I get myself into trouble sooner and sooner on each episode. But I had to battle with Disney lunatics after that whole Disney fans or people who I'm not even saying it again, because first of all, I don't, if, if you don't know, if you don't know, I'm joking. There's a hashtag comedy pocket. It's a joke, you know. So if you are like, if you were either a molested, b love Disney, or c were molested and love Disney, I'm sorry that I nailed it. All right, that's what I'm sorry for. But people on Twitter were going crazy, quote retweeting me, and I think, and every single person, everyone had. Mickey Mouse ears on their profile picture, a picture of Disney. I mean, I send them to you, Nicole. It wasn't a great, or it was like, it was like profile picture. You know, their profile would be like, I'm 33, um, love life, but not as much as I love Disney. Like it's, it, every single thing was Disney fanatics. It was, I've never seen anybody come, which I guess I should have expected, but I, I truly didn't expect it to reach but I guess people that are that insane are clicking the Disney hashtag and just scrolling for a thing. But Nicole, how sad were some of the, I sent you the one guy's vlog who, who put up like his vlog at Disney and he had one view on it. One, one, and you know that's just him. One, one view. How, how by accident do you even, like you couldn't try to have one view unless it was like unlisted and you shared it with no one. Like one view on YouTube? That's crazy, crazy to me. Nicole? I agree, it's also crazy. It is also to try and put myself in the shoes of these people that are responding. I'd have to at least take two seconds to change my profile picture or my header because then you're just gonna yes. you're exposing yourself if you're responding with Cinderella's castle in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes two seconds. Just change it. Yeah, when you're taking a picture with like all of like the Mouseketeers or whatever, it's <laughs> like it's like you're uh, you're a little in too deep. You know, you're drinking the Kool Aid, pal. You're not an impartial jury by any means. So. But then they tried to make it about making fun of people who have sexual assault, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. so we move on. But um, just a crazy time. But let's get into this Buble thing because, but you know what? Before I get into that, I have to get into this first. Uh, I'm getting to the Buble thing. But this pissed me off 
to a level that, and this is the thing companies are doing now. I, I, I call to get a hair appointment and, uh, you know, I called up my local hair salon. Got to go to a salon, not a barbershop. They don't have layering scissors. They don't know what they're doing. If you shave your head, go to a barbershop. You know, I have a whole bit on my album, Raging Answer Routine, uh, about barbershops versus hair salons. Hair salons are great. You go in there. The one I go to, they gave you free wine. You get objectified by the gay guys. It's fantastic. It's it's every confidence you need. They massage your head when they give you that. It's like, well, what do you want? You know, so, and plus, not to mention, I grew up in hair salons. My mom, you know, I was always in nail and hair salons. So that's what I'm comfortable with. So I go there um, and I, I, I call them. I make an appointment the night before. Like I call it 5 p.m. for an 11 a.m. haircut. They go, great. You're all set. Perfect. 10 p.m. rolls around or, or a little before that. I get a text message from them going like, hey, you got an appointment? Like text to confirm you're coming or say no to cancel it. And I don't respond because I just made the appointment. I mean, clearly I, I'm coming, you know, I just made the appointment. They cancel my appointment the next morning. They go, your appointment, I get a text, your appointment has been canceled because you have not confirmed. And it's like, you can't do that. You know, like you can't, I, the appointment is the reservation. I feel like I'm doing a sign. The appointment is the reservation. Like you can't, cancel me. I understand if I made it a month ago and you're like, hey, we just want to make sure you're still coming. I made it less than 24 hours. Making the appointment less than 24 hours, that is the confirm. I'm confirming you because I'm making an appointment and I'll be there. A text confirm should be a reminder. That's all it should be. It should be, hey, you got an appointment. If you got a problem with it, say I got a problem with it or whatever and text that and then it's fine. And then it's fine. But don't be like, you have to respond to this, otherwise you lose the appointment. I mean, have you ever experienced this, Nicole? Yeah, they're kind of crazy at hair salons because, you know, they have like hours for people sometimes that they have to reserve. So <laughs> I understand why they might be crazy about it. But also it would take two seconds to respond. So To me, you're right. saying. Why didn't you just reply yes? Because, okay, well, I don't like this. I don't like this taking the side <laughs> of anybody but me thing you're doing. But um, interesting creative choice on Nicole's part to make me a little more angry. And guess what? It's working because I just made the appointment. I made the appointment for less than 24 hours. What, why am I can't? Who makes an appointment and then two hours later is like, oh, here's the text to confirm. All right, I'm not coming anymore. Of course I'm still coming. I just made it. If, if I made it a week ago, I understand. I'm getting a haircut. It takes 25 minutes. I'm in, I'm out. Life's good. And don't cancel. Just be like, you, it, it should be a reminder, not one that requires action. That's what I maintain. And if anybody on the internet has the gall to, to, to defend that, like Nicole just did, I, don't, I also didn't read it that closely because I was like, it's obviously just a reminder text because who would say, hey, you still doing this? It's like, it's like if I ordered Seamless Web I ordered food delivered to my house and I pressed send and then they texted me, hey, did you still want the food? Yeah, I just ordered it. I've get, I just ordered it. Instead, they send me a, hey, your food's on the way. And I go, bada bing, bada boom. That's what I say every time they get that text. I yell out loud, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. And then it turns into an Italian HBO show. So... I'm uh, I'm very upset about that, and but I got the I had to call them. They opened at ten. They told me my appointment was canceled. I called them up, got my same appointment back, and then I wanted, and then I did something very petty. I got the appointment back, and then I responded to the text saying that I was coming. Like I hung up the phone, getting the new appointment at the same time I had originally, eleven a.m., and then hung up the phone, went back to the text, and confirmed. Confirm. I just sent that in. So now I was like, there you go. There's your goddamn text, you know? So I did it and I wasn't happy about it. And little, little, uh, little rift between Nicole and I. But let's get into the Buble thing because we went to this awesome Brendan's, Brendan Sagala's sister works at NBC. And so she was able to secure four tickets for this Michael Buble Christmas Spectacular. It just aired this past Monday on NBC, and it was filmed at Studio 8H, where they filmed Saturday Night Live. And, I mean, we got 
are real. We, we met up early. It was Erica, myself, Brendan, and Nicole. We went to a bar ahead of time, got a few drinks in us, went to the uh, went to Studio 8H. Uh, Brendan's sister really took care of us. I mean, gave us crazy seats. We got some pregame. They give you a pregame drink, although only one, which seemed like, you know, I get they don't want people to be rowdy and stuff. And in hindsight, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing, thank God I didn't have any more, but I was... I was saying to her, to Brendan's sister, she goes, you get one drink when you go in there while you're like floating around in the holding area. And I go, but like, we could get two, right? Or like, maybe like you can hook us up. And she was like, no, it was a very strict, there was no bend at all, but maybe I got Brendan to get a drink who isn't drinking and he gave me his, so it's fine. But we go in, we are second row. I mean, we are like on the floor seats of, uh, of the stage of SNL or whatever. We're so close, we're right near this 40-piece orchestra, and then there's three separate stages. There's two more to the left, we're all the way to the right. But where we're sitting is perfect, because it turns out he did like 90% of his songs and write it, like I'm talking as far away from you as you are to me right now. Just you and the camera, very close. And you know, the show's going great. Brendan took a 100 milligram edible. I took a little nibble of that, but I was mainly focused on the drinking. So, we're watching this, and I mean, Buble, let me just say this, is, I would say, everything you'd think he'd be, and also kind of hope he'd be. Like, he was, he was, uh, he was personable, he was very kind, he was charming, he, he made it a point to talk to people and fans and his bandmates, and seemed very warm. I mean, this is his time, you know what I mean? Like, this is his time of year, he is, he's Canadian Santa, right? Like this is his thing where he's like, I come out, I show up for Christmas time, I make $8 million and then no one hears from me for, he's like Mariah Carey now. They're just essentially Christmas acts. And so he comes out, he starts singing with his pipes, he's killing it, we're having a good time. We can't believe how close, he's, he's so close to us. He's wearing like a purplish suit. Erica leans into me and says, we're done pretty early on, which was hurtful and something I'll never forget. And uh, at one point during it, the orchestra's going, everything is like so beautiful and Christmassy and we're all just kind of feeling the Christmas spirit. And Brendan, we all have to have our masks on. So I'm sitting next to Brendan and Brendan and I are, you know, talking shit or whatever. We're just saying stuff to one another. And I hear Brendan going like, and I, and I look over because I'm like, oh, I must not have heard what he said. So I, I thought he was talking to me. Clearly there's no one to his right and I'm the only one sitting next to him. So I go, what? And he like got startled that I caught him. He was like, what? Oh no, I was, I was just, I was just, and I go, were you just murmuring in awe of the Christmas spirit that you got caught up in? And then he was like, that's exactly what happened. And then we proceeded to both be like hysterically laughing in Buble's fit while he's like, I'm dream. Like he, his, he's so close to us. And Brendan's like, you know, is trying to stifle his laughter who on 100 milligram edibles, almost impossible. And he's shoulder bouncing and his eye and his face is turning bright red. And it was a real fun time. And I think the show, I mean, what do you think of the show, Nicole? It was amazing. I actually was like moved to tears when the woman from Ted Lasso came out. Like oh. I just was overcome with emotion because she was, she was stunning. Fantastic. She was beautiful. She had unbelievable pipes, which she really shows off in season two of Ted Lasso, but she killed it. She killed her appearance. Uh, Camilla Cabello uh, came out and killed her song. They did it twice. The only person we didn't get to see was Kermit the Frog, who was like, well, I didn't get to see, because he was far in the, he was on the far stage, and there was multiple cameras, like literally, the, the jib, which is like the, it's like, a, it's like a spitting, you know, it's what they do for those swooping camera shots. It was above our heads, like swinging right in front of us, or right behind us, like I was looking through the viewfinder as it was ahead of us, it, we were that close. And for Kermit, we couldn't see, because there were cameramen and people in front of us, and, Brendan was able to see, and Nicole, you might have had a view, right? I saw him for the very end. Okay, and I couldn't see him. I was like, my head was basically like leaning into Sagalo's lap, trying to just get a little peek of him. And I, I said to Erica, I go, oh, I see him. And Erica, just like, a, like an astonished child goes, does he have legs? Like that's all she wanted to know, was like, does Kermit have legs? What's, what's, are they just dangling? Like what are they, what's the leg situation like? You know, which was so funny, so funny to me. and. At one point, there was a there was a moment 
where he did White Christmas, and then the song ended, and Buble tried to be like, you know, just kind of fun and comment on stuff, and he goes, White Christmas. He goes, am I going to get canceled for saying that? Is White Christmas racist now? And the saxophone player who was sitting right next to Brendan just goes, yikes. Like, he just said that so... He wasn't on mic, but he said it so loud that Buble heard it, and Buble had, like, that mini like panic PR attack where he was like, wait, what? No, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm asking like, is it, and he just starts stammering and then they're like, all right, we'll cut. We'll move over. You know, it was, it was a very uncomfortable thing. A saxophone player threw him right under the bus. And then he picked somebody else to do. And I say somebody else because he, he was picking an audience member to do kind of an impromptu duet with while they were setting up the next shot. So he picked, he was like, I'm looking for somebody that wants to sing with me. And Brendan just shoulder back, just was, this was his moment after singing, Can You Feel the Love Tonight at Skankfest. He was so excited at the possibility to sing a song and he didn't get picked. And from that moment on, ask Brendan what he thought of Michael Buble now. From that, from pre that moment, he was like, this guy's the best. Right after Brendan didn't get picked to sing that song, he's like, Buble's such a chode. He's like, I don't even, I, that guy's whatever, dude. Like, he's so corny. And like, that guy he picked was like, obviously a plant, which he of course wasn't. And uh, cause the guy panicked, didn't even know what song to sing. And it was just such a funny thing that like, Brendan just so badly wanted to sing with him that when he didn't get picked, he was like, I don't like this Michael Buble guy anymore. He's just a, he's a dork. And you're like, if he picked you, would you have sung with him? Well, absolutely, sure. I mean, I would love to, it would have been the greatest moment of my life. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Okay, so um, so now something happens, which is that if you're keeping in mind, I've had a few drinks and I made it a point to to pee a few times before the show starts. And they keep warning us like you're not going to be able to leave during the taping. So pee now. So I peed like as we were walking in, essentially, I, I got everything out. But I had a few drinks and I had more drinks than I was supposed to. So maybe this is why they didn't do it. And like around like, I don't know, uh, at some point I started going like, I kind of, I'm starting to fill up with pee, but I got, I got some time. I'm good. And then Buble does a song with uh, Leon Bridges, I think. And, and, uh, and they do like, uh, you know, it's this beautiful duet right in front of us. And afterwards he goes, all right. I think that's it, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. We have a great, we had such a great time. You guys are all the best. Have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. And I hear that. And that means done. So my body goes, great. Now we can focus on the new task, which is having to pee. Because I've had to stifle that thought for a while, but he told me, he just told me to my face that it's over. So now I can mentally prepare to get ready to pee. And I'm like, I'm like gathering my coat. And then they go, uh, hold one sec. We need to reshoot uh, this song and that song. And then we got to do two more intros and then we're good. And it ends up being like an additional 45 minutes where I was like getting up mode and now I'm sitting down. And now all I can think about is the P and I've seen them do these songs before. So the allure of like is, is gone. So now I'm in this thing where I go, I have to be so bad. And Brendan goes, I have to pee too. And then it, it gets so bad that I'm, I'm like fidgeting my toes. I'm unbuckling my belt. I'm like making my belt looser as, as if to not put pressure on my bladder. And then it becomes like, get this over with. It eventually ends. I have to pee so bad that I can't fully stand up. I'm a little hunched over. You know, when you, I don't know if this is for women, but for definitely for guys, if you have to pee that bad, it's like that shooting full of pee bladder you can't straighten all the way up it's too tight so i'm kind of hunched over walking and they go you'll be able to pee when you get out first person i see a page i'm like i'm grabbing him by the coat just yeah where can i pee and he goes you're gonna you're gonna pee once you go out i go great so i get out into the lobby and i'm like all right where's the bathroom and they go oh none of the bathrooms are open around here you have to go down the elevator and i'm like get me to the elevator and there is a hundred person line to get to the elevator so now i'm basically just you know i'm getting to the point where i go i will pay any amount of money to use a bathroom i don't this is an emergency this is also cruel and unusual that you would not let us pee so we go down the elevator 
We get out. We see Brendan's uh, sister. And she was like, did you guys enjoy it? I was like, greatest night of our lives. Where's the bathroom? And she goes, oh, all the bathrooms are closed. There's no public. There's no bathroom in the building anymore. But I think there's a Starbucks across the street. How do you give somebody booze and water and drinks and beverages, make them not pee for two hours? I go, it's an emergency. Is there any bathroom? Any? Is this an emergency? I wouldn't ask unless this is like very bad. And she's like, yeah, nothing I can do. Which, of course, you know is a lie. Uh, do you think that Studio 8H, all the people are walking to Starbucks? Of course not. There's a goddamn bathroom. And that's what made me so mad that I, it was like I had anger pee inside of me. So I am... I never had to pee. It was like maybe a top ten had to worst had to pee in my life. So we we leave. I'm whimpering like a dog that has to go out. I'm just scratching at the door. We go outside. Of course, there's Starbucks. It's like eleven at night. Starbucks isn't open. There's no Starbucks open. Brendan has the genius foresight to be like, just pee on the street, pee in an alley, in an alley. We're in Rockefeller Center, you know. The, and the tree was lit yesterday. So it is the most busy place in New York City. And there is no, there's nothing but police presence and children. So I can't just throw my dick out. Because here's the thing, when you have to pee, especially if you have to pee in public when it's that emergency, I have to pee so bad, I know it's not going to be a quick 20-second pee. This is going to be a substantial amount of urine exploding out of my body in a fire hose type manner. So I am frantic and. In the distance, I see a Hilton. So I see the hotel and I go, it's, it's three blocks away and I don't even know that I can make it there. And I'm in so much pain that I go, I, there's no other option. This is my Vietnam to get to this Hilton. So I limp with the Hilton uh, over there. Brendan's, Brendan has to pee, but so little compared to me that he's laughing at me. And Nicole is laughing at me that it's making me somewhat smile, but also anger. But all of it is just causing me to have to pee more. You know what I mean? And I just wished, wished that anybody had to pee as bad as I did because the urgency was not there for them. Like they were like, oh, look at that. There's a tree over there. Should we go to Rockefeller? Like everyone's just kind of taking in the sides, like waiting for the crosswalk. I'm like Frogger going in between cars. I had never had to pee. And then we get to the Hilton and my worst fear my absolute worst nightmare, which I should have anticipated, as we're approaching the revolving doors, it says, I see a sign right on the other side of the revolving doors. Must show room key to enter. And there's a security guard waiting right there for every single person to go through the revolving door. So I'm like, this is enough. I'm at the point where I go, I will rent a room at this hotel if they let me pee, I'll get it. I'll just buy a room. It's worth $180 at this point to pee. But there were some old women walking walking up, and we go, maybe we can just kind of sneak in. So we, we go through the revolving door, and this guy is like checking, every, like a TSA agent. He's checking everybody. And Erica, who, thank God, I mean, I say this daily, but thank God she is in my life because she takes charge, walks with confidence past the guy, and as he goes to look for her room key, he just goes, hey, how are you? We're back. We're back. Fucking genius. Ge we're back. And he goes, oh, good to see you. And then lets us go in. I, you know, army crawl to the bathroom, and I, you know, I, maybe this is a guy thing. I had to time the pee. Guys, sometimes, I don't know if women, I guarantee women don't do this, but as a guy, every once in a while, when you go to pee so bad, you're like, this is going to break a record. I got to time this. And I'll have you folks know that I pee for one minute and 35 seconds, continuous stream, full capacity, without a break or interruption. The pee lasted over two minutes, but the initial, that's the way you count it. That's how, if you go to the Guinness Book of World Records, that's how they count. It's the initial stream, how long until your first cutoff break. A minute, 35 seconds of fire hose pee. And then after that, um, I asked you guys if you wanted to go to Rockefeller Center. I'm like, I'll go to the tree. I'll spend the rest of my life doing anything because I'm so grateful to not have to pee. They were like, hey, fuck off. We don't want to see. Who cares about it? No one wants to see the tree. They, everybody went home. But uh, I mean, I it was so bad. Nicole, 
What was your perspective of the peeing situation? And I know I made it very clear how bad I had to go, but um, what was your what was your perspective of that whole moment? I've been there and it sucks so bad. So I felt so bad for you, but it was also hilarious because you were walking like you shit your pants, like <laughs> like bent in half with your feet turned outwards, like walking. I was, I was Tommy Pickles yeah. walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That is exactly what it looked like. And you were also breathing so heavy. <laughs> Which was making me laugh so hard. And I was like, fuck, like, I gotta, like, I, sh- should I film this? Like, is he gonna talk about this on the podcast? Like, I went in, like, full content mode, but I was like, I, I would have been so mad, but you absolutely should have filmed it. I would have been <laughs> mad at the time, but that only would have made for a funnier video. But I was like, it was so an emergency where if that, my, I had no plan B. If that guy was like, you can't come in and I go, I'll rent a room. And he goes, I can't let you do that, whatever. It would have been like, I'm peeing right here, right now, and I'll, I'll fight the ticket when I get arrested. Like, I, there was no, there was no option. Like, I might have started, I, I probably would have hysterically cried if I couldn't have gotten into that bathroom. It would have been, I would have pled to his humanity. You know what I mean? I would have been like, dude, you can escort me right out of the hotel once I'm done. I just, I gotta go. And yeah, now you're reminding me how the labored breathing was like, I felt like I was in between contractions. You know, I was doing like, <laughs> I was trying to take shallow breaths, but then sometimes it's like, I had to like hold some breaths. And yeah, the limping was really people, like, I looked like I just rolled both my ankles. It was not, <laughs> it was not good, but my God. I've, and also, have you ever timed a pee when you've had to go really bad, Nicole? I've never timed it, but I've definitely become aware like, oh, I've been sitting here for maybe five minutes. Like, yeah. This is taking so long. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was crazy. So that was the buble. So obviously the buble thing was fantastic. But again, I got mired in the uh, having to pee saga that was the end of the, uh, that was the end of that concert. But boy, oh boy, overall. Fantastic night. A real Christmas in New York City spirit night, I thought, for us, um, which I really enjoyed. My dog is uh, is is uh, terror dreaming, I guess, right now. He's like growl barking. And it, here's the thing when dogs do that, their eyes flutter open and close because they don't have eyelids like fucking weirdos. So they just, it just, you can just see that it looks like they're having just multiple seizures. It's not great. A um, couple other things that I want to talk about while we're doing stuff. Um, I talked to Brendan about this, and uh, I, I really, I think I made a good point. He thinks he made a good point. I'll let the audience decide on which. Um, but we were talking about, you know, if you had to tell your friends that you had cancer, right? Um, which is, obviously, this is a, a little bit of a morbid thing, but we were like, what would you do? How would you do it? And and Brendan was like, yeah, you got to get everybody together. You got to do it in person. And I was saying, if I had cancer, and I have, I mean, listen, there's not a person on the planet that doesn't know somebody with cancer or lost somebody with, I've lost like five family members to cancer. So don't fucking come at me, all right, when I hashtag cancer for this clip. But, uh, you know, I'll hashtag fuck cancer, all right? But uh, here's the thing. If I had cancer, the way I, this is the only way I think you can do it. You gotta get all, call all your friends, and you go, listen, we're going to Peter Luger's, we're going to this fancy steakhouse, dinner's on me. I'm inviting all of us. I, I got 12 friends, we're all coming, dinner's on me, I'm in the Christmas spirit. We're going to Luger. Of course, everyone's going to be like, you're paying for, oh, hell yeah. I'm a, absolutely, all right, we're in, we're in. You bring them there. Then when you take them out to Luger's, right as they're finishing their steaks, we're like, oh, you know, you dab your mouth at the thing. You go, oh boy, you slug a little red wine. You go, I'm that delicious. I know, that was great. Now I do have some news, you know, and then that's when you break it to him, to them, that you have cancer, right? And here's the genius of that, okay? Because there's no right time to do it. So you want to do it when people are happier and full and that kind of a thing. So you can kind of let them down easy. But here's the best part about it. You think they're going to let somebody who just told you they had cancer pay for the meal? They're not doing that. They're going to go, of course, no, I'll get the check. I just wanted you guys to know it's, be- it's like stage four. But I, I got this. Don't worry about it. They're going to go, shut up, Mike. No, you're, of course you're not. You're not paying. I'm so sorry. How's the family? And they're going to take the check from you. And then 
you've had to, you're going to have to tell them anyway, right? Get a free steak out of it. That's what I think. That's what I would do. I would get a free steak out of Luger's out of it. And then that way, you know, I, it doesn't help me in any way, but it, it, it does get me some free steak. So maybe it does, it does help me, you know? And I think, and Brendan was like, well, then you're kind of like a bad friend. And I go, I'm sorry. Did you just call your friend with stage four cancer a bad friend, you know? And so he had to immediately backtrack, but he thought that that was a rude thing to do. And uh, I don't think you can do be a rude person if you have stage four cancer, you know? I think you're allowed to do that and allowed to be like, oh, you kind of tricked us into coming here, but all is forgiven, because again, cancer. So, uh, Nicole, what do you think about my little trick? Well, I fell for it in real time because when you opened it up saying that you were going to take everyone out to dinner and pay, I was like, oh my God, that's so horrible. Like everyone's going to feel like shit after. So I think it checks out. Yeah, you got it. it. They'll never let, if they let you pay, then they're bad friends. Then they were never your friends to be. Imagine someone telling you they had cancer and then paying and then letting them pay for the meal being like, oh man, that sucks. I'm so sorry. I don't even know what to say. I feel so bad for your wife and for your dog. Uh, thank you so much for the meal, by the way. That was delicious. Like you can't, there's nothing, there's no way you can accept a free meal from somebody with cancer. So that's what I suggest is that's my little, sometimes I'll do that. I'll just have little tips and tricks for you guys and for very specific points in your life. When you find out you have cancer and need to break it to all of your friends, here's how you do it. You get a free meal out of it, you know? Um, Speaking of free stuff, this episode is free. So thank you very much for watching it. Uh, I hope you're watching us on YouTube because again, Nicole kills it every single week with the graphics. You get to see my fresh new baby face and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Give it, a, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment for the algorithm. I love people just going commenting for the algorithm that works too. If you want to get specific, I'd also appreciate that. But at the very least, hey, listen, I... I'm not a homeless guy who's mad about the fact, the lack of pepperoni. I am not, I am nor a beggar nor a chooser. Actually, I am a beggar, so I'm not a chooser. But subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy. Go watch my special, Rage Against the Routine. Listen to the podcast if you want. On your, on your drives to and from work, leave a review on iTunes. All of that stuff you can do is free that I'm providing for you for no cost, okay? It's in the hopes that eventually you'll support me in any way. So, uh, you know, you can come see me live, do all that stuff. But this is this is a great way to help me out. If money's tight or if you live in, you know, Kuala Lumpur or wherever you live, if you can't directly come out to a show or support like that, this is a great way because we always say this on Here's a Scenario, but all of those likes, those comments, the sharing, telling three friends about the podcast, all of that is currency. It's digital currency to us and it matters. And I appreciate every single person who has done that and continues to watch. And also Tuesdays, uh, when I'm available, when I can do it, I'm I'm coming in the live chat. When we premiere the episode, I'll be in the live chat. And now we always have like a good little group of people who are in there watching it premiere. So Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're around, come watch in the chat with me. Come say, if you're watching it live right now, say what's up. I'm probably here. How you doing? You know, so that's kind of fun. Um, MikeFeeneyComedy.com for stand-up dates. Uh, this will be out next week, so you guys can come see me. I will be at Uncle Vinny's on Thursday, uh, December 16th. I will also uh, be headlining Mohegan Sun uh, Jan December 30th, 31st, and January 1st. I'll be there for New Year's Eve. I know a bunch of people coming on the, uh, the 30th and on the 31st, which is going to be fantastic. So come hang. Come, come hang out. That'll be a really fun time. And then January 20th, I will be at Laughs Boston. Now, here's the thing, gang. This is going to be big for me. This is my first time ever doing comedy in Boston. I've only been to Boston twice in my life. As much as I hate every sports fan and every sports team in that city, I got to admit, the Irish-Italian drinking heritage, I can't knock it. If I was from there, I'd be a the biggest Boston uh, homer you've ever met in your life, but I'm not from there. I'm from New York, so I hate them. But comedy, one of the best comedy cities in America. I can't wait to be there. January 20th. Tickets are on sale now. Please go buy tickets. It is, uh, it is the thing where I will be paid commensurate on ticket sales. That's what we call the old-fashioned door deal, gang. So the more people show up, the more of a fun time we're all going to have, especially me. Uh, so please come to that. That'll be great. And then I have other dates coming. I'm working on uh, locking down a date 
in uh, at the well, I, I guess I shouldn't say the venue yet, but in in uh, the DC Virginia area, I got other dates coming. Again, MikeFeenyComedy.com. You know it, you love it. Nicole, where can people find you? Nicole C lines on Instagram. So succinct, which I say every single time. Um, it's all I got. Yeah, and um, let's see. Now, I didn't get to questions last week, so I got a lot of questions. I didn't get to enough of the questions. There were so many. And thank you again. Oh, I should also mention that. Plug one more time. If you have topics to rant on, that you want me to rant on, if you have things that you think I should um, rant on, which also, Nicole, I just realized I didn't post anything in the Patreon. Can you do that mm-hmm. on my behalf? Yep. Um, <laughs> darn. Um, we, uh, we do, listen, here's the scenario, which is my other podcast to do with Mike uh, Cannon, Brennan Sagalow. And every single week, in addition to Here's a Scenario, if you enjoy that show, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod. We, uh, we answer questions, hypotheticals, what ifs, and, this, and the Patreon, there's so much content on there, it's crazy. We do two bonus episodes a week. I do a bonus episode of Snarky that I ask people questions for, usually with more notice. Uh, and I get and I answer questions that's just on the Patreon. Nowhere else is additional, like anywhere from fifteen to thirty minutes, which is fantastic. So you can get on there for as little as five dollars a month. Come on, be a part of the show and uh, hang out. It's a real fun little community we're building over there. And last but not least, if you want to send things to us, send it to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. If you have things you want me to get to on this podcast, any sort of topics you want me to rant on things that annoy you, things you think will annoy me, all of it, send it, snarkypodcast at gmail.com. And we got a bunch that I'm excited to get to now in this past, uh, last half. And one final plug. How is he still going? I know, I have too many things. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker, streaming video games. It's very fun. Whether you like video games, whether you hate it, um, it's fun just to watch us because... I call myself the king of the whisper scream because I'm yelling a lot, but I also can't wake up my wife. So it's a lot of like, fuck, you know, I do a lot of whisper screaming. You'll enjoy it. You can watch it for free. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. I stream with Julie Edgar, Brennan Saglow, Ian Fidance, uh, Evan Williams. It's a great time. So just check that out. And uh, that's it. Enough of the goddamn plugs, Mike. All right, let's get into this back half. So, we got some unanswered questions from last week. Let me get to them. Um, okay, this is from Ted. Sent in a couple here. Parking etiquette. It's already, it's like, getting hot, you know? Like, I'm starting to get hot, because I have strong, I have stronger opinions about parking etiquette than I do gun control abortion. I mean, there is, name any hot button topic. I feel more passionate about parking than any of these together. So, um, you know, death penalty, who cares? Let's talk about parking. Now, this is what Ted says, when you're hunting for parallel street parking and you see someone in their parked car, you drive up to the window, do the silent, are you leaving motion? Now, here's something what I do. It's impossible. I maintain it's impossible to not make some audible noise. Like you can't just go, you don't say that, you don't do that. Every single person, windows rolled up, doesn't matter, you go, are you leaving? Like you, you, you say, you mouth it, but you're also speaking it, you know what I mean? You don't have to say it full volume, but sometimes you gotta at least let some faint, are you leaving? You, whis- you almost whisper it to them as like I said, are you, uh, okay, oh, thank you so much. And okay, so we'll go back to this. And they nod, yes, you thank them, you back up theirs. And then they proceed to sit in their car for more than one minute before leaving. Each second beyond that minute, Mark, exponentially increases my murder rage. Well, here's my thing. I don't get that way. Because New York City parking is so hard to find and so difficult. Unless you're me, who has no trouble because you can't be taught and you're an expert parker. But it's so difficult to find that if you find... Getting the like I'm leaving thing, they could go there for five minutes. I give you up to five is great because that's like I'm just so happy I found a spot that life is golden. Like I, I don't care about anything else but the spot. What I hate is driving up next to somebody 
and trying to get their attention because, you know, I'm two inches from their car next to them, not moving, and they won't look over at you. They just stare straight ahead. And you're like, I know, I know you can see me out of the periphery. I know you know I'm here. And you give them a little neat, neat, you little, little haunt, like, yeah. Give me a look. And then eventually, I had one guy do this. He stared straight ahead. I'm to my, I'm to his left. And he just goes, he just said, he never looked at me. He knew what I was going to ask and just goes, no. With his head straight ahead. And, um, and that to me was a moment where I had to be subdued by police and the bomb squad because I was trying to throw C4 into his muffler. I was so upset. And, but no, I don't think I don't think you can get mad because I've also had the reverse where I just get in my car. Let's say it's freezing. I got to warm up the car. I'm just like getting to it. I do the thing to unlock the doors. And someone's like, are you leaving? And it's like, yes, but I will not be rushed because I know how valuable this spot is. I will wait as long as I need to wait until I feel comfortable and I'm until I'm ready to drive off. And then you get this spot. I'm not going to be peer pressure, even if they're like a truck and they're taking up too much of the room where cars can't go past them and people are starting to beep and honk. Not my problem, dude. I'm off to the side in the spot. If you can't deal with the pressure, then you got to go do your thing. But I do love this. Speaking of this, now we're getting real into deep parking. When someone is waiting for a spot, you're behind the person waiting for a spot. They haven't moved over enough to where you can get around them. Here's what I love to do you put pressure on them. You give them a little few honks, you know, because then the person pulls out, they pull up to try and parallel park. You beep on the horn a few times. You, you, you don't try to pass them, but you inch up and then stop short as if you were planning on going around them, but couldn't because they're not leaving you enough room. And so you put all of this pressure on the parallel parker of the, new, of the person who's acquiring the new spot and then if they can't do it right away, if they fuck up even a little bit, 98% of the time they will panic and drive away and guess who just got themselves a spot? I always wanted that spot because there's nothing worse than when you want a spot and the person in front of you takes it when you were looking for one. And if you peer pressure them out of that spot, it's one of the greatest feelings I think known to man, like, I, I don't know. It's like that and like the moon landing, I think are like one and two, but that's my thing. What do you think about, Nicole, do you drive, do you have a license? I, I've never seen you in a car. I do have a license, but I don't have a car. Um, but I, I think for all of our parking and driving discussions, we're always going to disagree because we're opposite like driving personalities. Like I'm going to be the one that's parallel parking, getting honked at and having a panic attack. And driving away. Yes. In, well, this is great. Fear. This is great because I'm you're giving me the parking spot. So I, I need people like you in order for me to exist in continuing to get excellent primo parking. If it weren't if it weren't for the weak willed, who would the advantageous take advantage of? You know what I mean? There is there is few. There is few. Is that a was that a poem I just wrote? <laughs> I mean, that was did Winston Churchill write that? Is that on Walt Whitman's tombstone? I mean, my God, sometimes the, the things that come out of you once you're three quarters of a drink deep, um, it's fantastic. Like I said, I hope, I wish everybody in the city was like you and there was one of me. I'd never have to look, I'd never want as long as I live. So uh, that's that. Uh, Ted also sent a couple other things here. I like Ted, he, he puts like a, a bold, he does like a header, he does a title, bold, underlined, and then he puts a full paragraph underneath it. Cashier astrologers, cashiers who check your ID to ring up alcohol, then comment on your birth date in any way. He underlined that. Oh, you're a zodiac sign. I've been seeing a lot of your birth month people this week. If you respond politely in any way, just to move things along, they feel compelled to drone on about the subject further and present a dissertation on your birth month zodiac sign. The only cashiers I've seen do this are middle-aged women. I have never once had this happen. And I can't believe this has happened to you more than once in your life. If this has happened more than once in your life, stop going to the places that that happens. I don't know, I've never seen that as a thing. Like I've had people be like, oh, it's your birthday this week or something like that. I've never, maybe I give off a, don't fucking talk to me about my Zodiac sign sort of situation. Maybe that's the vibe I, I uh, exude into the universe. But 
I've never, hey, Nicole, have you ever had that happen? Never for middle-aged women. I feel like that's currently a personality trait for like people my age and younger. Maybe it's a, yeah, and maybe that's a thing where like, I could see, you know, 30-year-old women saying that to other women, like, oh, you're a Taurus. You know what that means? It's like, I, I don't, am I a Ford? I don't know, a Ford Taurus? I don't understand. And people are like, you're a sad. The only time anyone ever talks to me about my signs, they're like, oh, Sagittarius, that means, you know, you like to swim and eat, you know, Ritz cracker. Like they, they're so specific about what they think you do. And you're like, yeah, I like those things, but everybody likes those things, so shut up. And then I go like, I go, uh, oh, I'm actually not supposed to be Sagittarius. That's, the, that's my favorite thing to do. If you ever get someone who's way into zodiac signs and they start talking to you about yours, I'm a Sagittarius, my birthday is December 10th. So I'm like, a couple years ago, they came out with some other updated signs where like, I'm technically, can you look it up, Nicole? I'm not technically a Sagittarius according to them. I'm like an old psoriasis or some like, I don't know, I'm, I'm psoriasis. I'm some sort of like a thing else that's not a Sagittarius. And here's the thing, everybody, and I mean everybody who's very much into astrology fucking hates when you bring that up. And it's the easiest way to get it out of the conversation. If you're like, oh, you're a Sagittarius. And I'm like, actually, I'm a... Nicole, do you know what it is? I have no idea. Fuck, look it up. Look up other Zodiac sign, not Sagittarius, new Zodiac sign for December, something like that. But I'll be like, oh, actually, they just came out with a new thing. It turns out I'm not a Sagittarius. And they'll be like, that's bullshit. They start waving their arms. They're like a Muppet. They're like, no, there's not. you're not that. You're what, they, you're what I learned. You know, they get very upset. And it's a, it's a very fun thing to do. And then before you know it, they're really upset about fake news or something. So um, I will look it up. Nice. Oh, wait. It, I don't know how to say this. Exactly. Part. Right? Go ahead. Ophiuchus? What is it? It's like what you said before, but there's a lot of letters. Yeah, it's so many letters. And it's, what even is that? What animal is that? I mean, what animal is any of that? Like, they I, all I, have an animal. I'm like a half centaur man shooting a bow and arrow into the space, or like none of it makes any sense. But yeah, Ted, I think you gotta you gotta switch up where you're shopping. Stop going to the holistic crystal store to buy your alcohol. Um, last one: radio ads with loud car horns in them because that's cute. If you're listening to this, you're probably in your car, right? Who doesn't appreciate a convincing car horn blaring at them just as they're turning through an intersection? It's actually, we actually did talk about this. I'm realizing we, we did, we discussed something very similar to this. People who play like car sirens, uh, like radio sirens and police sirens, stuff like that. Wish I would have read that before I said it out loud because we covered it in a past episode. There's only been 11 episodes, so go back and listen. You've heard it. Um, now this one from Austin, he sent in quite a long thing. And I'll be honest with you. I haven't proofread this, and I don't know where this goes, and I don't know what it is, but let's find out together, huh, gang? Here we go. <coughs> Hi, Mike. Not as much of a fiasco, but didn't sound that intriguing. Already not selling me on the next 36 paragraphs, okay? All right. Bad start. Right from the jump, I'm going to stick through because I appreciate where I hope this will go. Otherwise, why are the 30s? Why are there so many paragraphs? So um, I went to pick up a sushi order for my girlfriend and I. Of course, she places it under her name when I am clearly the one venturing off for food. Well, that seems like that's going to come back to bite them in the future, huh? Um, side note, don't you just love when you have to walk into a restaurant and pick up a food order with clearly a woman sounding name? I don't mind that anymore because <coughs> maybe like 10 years ago, that was awkward. But now it's a fun game to play. You know, I'll go, Erica does that at Starbucks all the time. She'll order a drink for both of us. <laughs> I'm choking. And um, I'll go in and they'll be like, what's your name? And I'm like, Erica. And then if they like even look at you for a second, you go, excuse me? Excuse? I identify, I go by Erica. And who the hell do you think you are, you genderist? sexist, bigoted monster to tell me that I can't, I don't look? Like, what does an Erica look like to you, hmm? Yeah, that's right. Free Java chip frappuccino. Throw it this way. All right, so um, I walk into the restaurant. Only one person ahead of me in line lets the host know they're here for a pickup order, and I verbally hear a confirmation that their order is not ready yet. The host then doesn't say anything else and doesn't prompt the customer ahead of me. 
This says green light to walk up and start the retrieval process. No indication of them paying for something that is not ready yet. I walk up to them and say, hi, I'm here to pick up an order for Amy. Already a clearly not my name, but I'm here statement. He proceeds to tell me, I'm a sorry. He didn't say I'm a sorry. I just misread that because alcohol. I'm sorry. We're assisting another customer. <laughs> he's he's a just a racist person from a 1920s movie, I guess. All right, And, and then ask them. Uh, OK, oh, sorry. He then proceeds to tell me, I'm sorry, we're assisting another, whoops, Whoops. I'm sorry, we're assisting another customer, and then ask them if they want to pay now for an order that is not ready. The mere brushing off of my request, as there is a literal table with food ready to go on it, infuriates me, but I just have to stand there. The thought crosses my mind that my food is probably right there, why can't you just take a glance and see? He didn't even look at the table of ready-to-go orders, the girl ahead pays, then sits down to wait more. I walk up and say the name of the order is under and that, what do you want to know? Uh, turns out my food was right there. Thanks fucking looking, uh, thanks for fucking looking guy and wasting my time. Would it have been so hard to look at the ready to go orders? We are beyond the pathetic allowance for food pick order mishaps. Let's get it together, sushi guy. I'm quite a patient person and usually sympathize with workers depending on the scenario. But I must say, when there is literally a table of food ready for people, Fuck that guy goes to the asshole who can't even look for your order and do the smallest part of their job a glance. I like this. Austin is assigned to fuck that person to the guy who can glance. Now, I'm all over the map with this. I was on your side. I was against you. I was back on your side. I think that, yeah, we are in a point because of everything went to go orders in that time, you know, of COVID that like you gotta like do a a quick symmetry you know you got to you got to be better with your orders because that's where we're at now you know what i'm saying like you have to be good at to go order pickup should be a seamless transition seamless web and so what you do is you when you walk in there what i would have done is he was being a little more patient than i would have the mere, the brush off initially would have got me red hot if somebody was like the person in front of me goes your order's not ready and then they're just waiting there and they're going to pay for a meal that's not done I would go, oh, my order, I think that's mine. Can I just grab that one? And I would have done that. And then if they would have been like, sir, I'm helping somebody else. Sir, please wait. I would have go, but their order's not, I would have made it a thing. I would have go, their order's not ready. My order's ready. Let's go. That said, it seems like there was only one person in front of you. So getting a little mad. The I'm usually a patient person. Don't buy it. Uh, you actually said I'm quite a patient person, which again, no, and uh, I usually sympathize with workers. You didn't, depending on the scenario. You didn't. So there's only one person ahead of you. The man's trying to run a restaurant that's going through COVID. He's struggling. We're all struggling. Also, you're eating sushi, so no rush. There's no rush in sushi. You can't, if you told me you were getting soup or something hot that has a very short, if you were getting sizzling fajitas and that was your to-go order. If you said, Mike, I ordered sizzling fajitas to go, and I saw the steam coming up and the onions were starting to, they were starting to lose their heat. I'd go, I get you, buddy. Sushi, you could eat then or in seven hours from now. Sushi's cold. Sushi is, there's no shelf life in terms of needing to eat it in the first 20 minutes. Otherwise, it's not going to die in the window. It'll be fine. It transports well. I think in this situation, you were a little hangry. You came in a little hot. And I assume that, they might have talked about you in Japanese shortly after you left, or maybe directly in front of you. And I would like to know your sushi order. Because if at the end of it, you were like, how long did it take to get three California rolls and some crab rangoons? I would have flipped out. I would have flipped out if you got like basic bitch, you know, uh, order. What do you think, Nicole? Where do you rest on this? Um, I think we're on the same page. This has also been amazing as like a storyteller's masterclass when you were like critiquing his his storytelling here. So yeah, well, listen, we can't all do this for a living. You know, I, uh, <laughs> some of us are consumers. Some of us are whatever the opposite of consumers is. What is it? Producers. I can't think of the name. Ah, oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible awful tragedy this was um are we done nicole do we have time to do anything else or should i um should i should i give it a rest and hold off the rest of these until next week we're pretty much at time but it is your show so it's that up to you is true um i 
I okay, I will tell this just really quickly because I got one from CH who sent in a couple so far. So thank you very much. Uh the wildest coming out of slash waking up from a blackout story. Um and the most and also a second part, most heinous I had to shit story. So while this blackout thing, I actually don't have anything for that. Cause I I'm more browned out than ever like blacked out. And I was one of these guys who like peed when he was drunk or anything like that. Like I just you know, the craziest time I woke up from a blackout were the times that I like everything was still there. You know what I mean? That I'm like my cell phone, my wallet. I like brushed my teeth. I ate before I went to bed. I ate, I like woke up responsibly early. Like that's the times when you, you know, when you wake up from a blackout after like four hours sleep and you're like, oh, okay. And I'm ready for the day. Like it happens one every 4,000 times. And when it does, you're like, this is going to come and bite me. And then it, you know, whatever it is, 1 p.m., you feel like a truck ran over you, but I've never done anything crazy like that with blacking out. But most heinous I have to shit story. This is funny. This is all I, I have to go to the bathroom podcast. Title? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. The buble and pee pod. Nah, damn. I, re- I, I really, sometimes you double down before you got anything and, um, well, you pay for it with silence and, Disappointment. So, my most heinous, I have to shit story. I had to shit very badly. I was, it was like uh, diarrhea bubbling, bad, 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 bad. I was in Union Square. Union Square is very difficult to find a public bathroom, just like it is in Rockefeller Center, Herald Square, Times Square, the big squares. None, none of the squares is good to find a bathroom. There's a Starbucks. I go there, and already I'm not excited about it because I know it's going to be a few minutes. And Starbucks is only one bathroom. There's always a line. I go into the Starbucks. I mean, there was 25 people on the line if there was a person. It was so many people, so I couldn't go there. And I'm starting to do the thing where I'm like limping and and whimpering. I'm going into my classic act, you know, of guy who's got to go. And I see a TGI Fridays. And I go in there. And just like the Hilton, there's just a person waiting the hostess is like at the door they know this game they know people try to come in to go to the bathroom so i walk in looking right past her looking for a bathroom and she goes can i help you and instead of just being like i have to pee because i didn't think i had to i have to go to the bathroom would work or i could have probably just said i'm gonna go to the bar and have a drink i could have definitely said that but instead i went into full sociopath mode and was like Hi, I'm meeting three people of here. The ta- three people here, table of four. I I ordered a table of four. She brought me to a booth. She sat me down with four menus. I was like, they're looking for parking. I made up such an elaborate lie. They were like, do you? She's like, do you want anything to like start off? I was like, four waters would be great. Like I I like I was doing all that. I didn't seem to do any of it, but I did. And then the second she left. I ran into the bathroom. It was a unisex bathroom, which is weird for Fridays, but I guess whatever. And um. I closed the bathroom door. And it's one of those bathrooms where it's like, it, it, like the door is like 15 feet from the toilet. So it's, it feels like you have your own little apartment in there. So I like close the door. I like, I'm trembling putting toilet paper on the seat. You ever, I don't care if I'm, I'd rather shit my pants and put my bare ass on a toilet seat. What about you, Nicole? I agree. A hundred percent, right? So I put the toilet paper down. It starts happening. I mean, it's it's everything you'd expect it to be and worse. And in mid mid diarrhea, a girl swings open the door that I guess the lock wasn't working. And I say girl not to be demeaning. It was a child. Like it was a girl. Like it was she was 11 or younger for sure. And she just saw me and I I'm in such a I can't close the door i can't prop my foot up about it i am in my i am a mile away from the door and i heard it jiggle and then once it opened she like swung it open as if she was like you know entering like the woman from ted lasso entered the michael buble show she burst the door open and stared at me and i had no record i literally it was it was one of the most Oh, not overreactions. I think it was a very perfect reaction, but my exact reaction, I'm like in the middle of unloading and there was nothing else to do. So I had to get her out of there quick. So I just went, 
get the fuck out of here. I screamed that like, Aah! like I was red faced and yelling and straining. And she like jumped backwards out of the room and closed the door. And then I had to go back to what I was doing, knowing the whole time she's waiting on the other side of the door. And now there's a cut, like something has to be said, right? Like, what do we do on the way out? So I, you know, finished just destroy. I'm painting the walls. It's everywhere. And then I, I, I get up, I leave, and I just, there was nothing I could say to this woman, right? Uh, so I tried to just, to this girl. So I, I just joked it off. I put my hood up because I was in shame. And then I opened the door and I just went, yeah, the lock's broken. And then walked out of the, walked straight out of the venue. Never went back into that TGI Fridays again. It is since closed, probably from the smell, I assume, that day, or from the shame, but it is now closed. But me screaming, get the fuck out of here. I remember, like, shaking my cheeks. You know when you're like... Like, I was so, so mad. And, like, that that was happening in that moment because I had so much other things on my mind. And, um... Yeah, it was one of the worst, most embarrassing moments of my life. So um, that's it, I guess. That's the show. That's the story. Hope that was wild enough for you. You know, Nicole, do you have any of them while I finish my drink? Yeah, but it's too recent that I don't feel comfortable sharing. Mm. Maybe once we're a little bit closer, but I'm not ready. Sure. I haven't fully processed it myself, Mm -hmm. so. You're not far enough removed. I understand. I couldn't talk about that. That happened 10 years ago to the day. That's why. (laughs) The statute of limitations had run out on the TGIF situation. So the drink's over. You hear it. You know what that means. Podcast is over. Thank you very much for watching the show. I love you all. We'll be back next week. Again, tell some friends about the show if you enjoy it. And if not, you know, weird that you watch the whole thing. Cheers. Cheers.